Hi, welcome into another edition of Ask the Experts. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Dave Callender. I'm back with me on the show today from Remax Twin City Realty. It's Canada's top real estate agent, Faisal Suziwala. Hello, Faisal. Hi, David. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. And you? Wonderful, thank you. Well, that's good. Uh, we're very glad to have you back on the show once again. And uh, we're hoping that you're going to be sharing some more of your secrets this week. But before we start things off, we, I, I, I have to ask you about the book again. Yes. How are the sales going? How are things oh, going with your book? Incredible. I, I'm beyond excited about the results. Uh, so we have our ebook out now as well and uh, just tons of uh, downloads on that. And hopefully in the next week or two, we'll have our Audible up, which is exciting as well, because I know I like to... Uh, listen when I, while I drive, and uh, hopefully some of the people that are interested in the book will do the same. Well, I hope so. And in case you're, you're new to the show or you've never heard Faisal before, the book we're talking about is his book called The Real Deal, Billion Dollar Real Estate Broker. And it's been available for a little while now on, on Amazon and uh, doing very well there. And as you say, Audible coming up, that's very exciting. Um, and uh, so you also have a website set up for the book as well, don't you? Yes, it's called uh, therealdealbook.ca, and um, of course, you can go on to Amazon and get it there as well. All right. Uh, we hope that uh, our regular listeners have heard you on the show before, but for the new folks who are always joining us, why don't you tell us a bit about yourself and your background to start things off? Sure. So I'm a realtor in the Waterloo region. I've been practicing real estate for 32 years. I've uh, been uh, working in mostly residential sales throughout Cambridge, Kitchener, Waterloo and Guelph. And uh, of course, very excited to be on your show today, David. Well, I'm, I'm equally excited, especially since we're going to be doing top 10 lists. I love top 10 lists. Great. Um, and we're going to be, and this is, this is really great information. It's the sort of thing that I always wondered about. And what we're going to talk about to start off the show is the top 10 buyer turnoffs when touring a, a home. We've in the past talked about some of the things that you would recommend someone do when showing a home to increase interest in it. But of course, there has to be a few things that are no-nos as well. So let's talk about what, what can sellers do to make the homes more appealing and ultimately get the best price for their home. Well, for sure. So uh, I've spent many, many years, especially uh, the first 20 or so years of my career showing tons of homes. And there were always items that, you know, I would wonder, like, why would somebody not get rid of something? Or why don't they make these changes? So I thought it'd be helpful to uh, come up with a list of, of things that people should maybe consider doing before putting their home in the market to not turn that buyer off. Um, so number one that tops my list is odors. So whether it's pets or cooking or, you know, you're growing weed, whatever you're doing in your home, <laughs> you've got to make sure that um, you mitigate that odor somehow. And I don't mean like putting heavy perfumes or um, deodorizers of that sort, but like have a deep cleaning, wash the walls down, that type of thing. Do whatever it takes to get rid of those things that uh, are causing those odors. So that's our number one. Uh, number two 
his, you know, um, myself and uh, not, especially in the earlier years, not growing up with pets, I was very apprehensive about, uh, you know, a dog sort of chewing at my foot or a cat swiping at me and that type of thing. So that's, uh, again, with buyers, they're also reluctant sometimes, whether it be for personal reasons, allergies, uh, or just the fear of animals, uh, you know, it's important to, especially in these times, cradle your pets or have them removed for that week that the showings are happening because most homes are not on the on the market for very very long or at least give the agent the heads up that hey we're gonna have you know Cujo in the laundry room so be careful <laughs> well absolutely and you know the allergy thing I hadn't even thought about that that would be another reason to do a deep clean before allowing people into the home because I, I know if I'm around cat for too long uh I just, my eyes just start weeping. It's awful. Yes. Uh, so, uh, and the number three on my list here is um, rodents and pests. So, you know, if you've got a mice problem or um, bugs, spiders, roaches, whatever it may be, get the exterminator in, get the traps set up, get that stuff out of the house, get rid of the evidence of it, but make sure that you've taken care of it have a program, make sure you have a warranty. So if they do come back that, uh, you know, it can be addressed, but it's important because that's a big turnoff for people to walk into a home and see a little, uh, a mouse uh, run by in the basement. Uh, and no, look, that's, it's not uncommon, especially if you're uh, backing onto a field, there's field mice and they'll, they'll get into a, the smallest crack and get into your home. But it is important to make sure that if you can watch for the evidence of critters and that type of thing, maybe have somebody poke into the attic, check and see that, you know, there isn't a nest of uh, items in those um, spaces as well. And, and just take care of those things. It's going to be found when a home inspection happens. So it's better to get ahead of it and deal with it and save yourself the aggravation and ultimately put more money in your pocket by doing those things. All right. What's uh, what's the fourth thing that will have people running out of your house? <laughs> so, the, the, well, it's interesting. It, 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 maybe not so much running out of the house, but you know, um, it's it's sort of a, a dated aspect of a home. Those those awful popcorn ceilings. Uh, I don't know if you know the ones I'm talking about. Uh, you know, they they fall into your, your your hair and your eyes, and if you touch them, you know that type of thing. And and at one time, um, you know, there was. Uh, some popcorn ceilings that contain asbestos and that type of thing. So that might be an issue as well. So it's important, again, to have um, those surfaces smooth or they've got the knockdown ceilings, also known as California ceilings. So there's some other ways of you may not be able to get a perfect flat ceiling, but look at what the options are. Uh, sometimes something as simple as putting a, a quarter inch drywall on it and then finishing that, taping it, mudding it, painting it is also another solution if you don't want that massive amount of mess that it creates. Now, if popcorn ceiling has been painted, that's a little bit more difficult to get out because, uh, but I find fabric softener and warm water usually sprayed on there and scraped off does the trick as well. So there's okay. some, some just, that's just more of a visual um, appeal that we want to get. Um, number five on my list here is uh, wall-to-wall carpet problems, especially in your bathroom. Uh, 
If you have carpet in your bathroom, and many homes do, and for some reason in the 70s, people decided that it would be a great idea to carpet their bathrooms right up to the, to the uh, sunken uh, Austin Powers uh, bathtub in the, in, the, in the master ensuite. So get rid of those things, <laughs> tile it, linoleum, whatever it is, but you know, it's not, not only that it's unhygienic, it's just awful in it. And again, it will have odors. Um, so those are uh, very important factors to consider when you're selling, make sure you get rid of all of those unsightly carpets wall to wall uh, where they're not needed. Um, bedrooms, you know, we can sort of live with having carpets or, uh, but again, you know, area rugs are are something that people you like to uh, decorate with and accent with. So that's another way of sort of having that floor covering, but not having wall to wall as such. Um, older homes, especially. So number seven on our list here is uh, old, older homes will have cracked plaster. Um, now, it's not necessarily a structural issue when you see, or even newer homes, you'll see drywall that is settled and you'll see a hairline sort of um, crack going down uh, the wall or at the ceiling or at the seam where the wall meets the truss and you'll see this called truss uplift. Um, and, and that's just because the construction wasn't done properly, but it's not really a structural issue. It's more a cosmetic issue. And again, to mitigate that unsightly visual, you want to have those things mudded, painted, decorated. Um, it, all of those things are just going to help you preserve the value of your home. And these are not costly fixed to do. Um, yes. So David, were you asking something there? Yeah. I, I was just gonna, I was just gonna ask what was next. Uh, I mean, I, I, I would have thought maybe about some of these things, but yes. uh, the wall-to-wall -wall carpet would never have occurred to me. So I'm wondering what number eight is. What is the eighth thing on your list? So unpermitted updates. Now, those are things like uh, removing a wall. So you wanted an open concept home. So you thought, I'll just take out this wall between my kitchen and my family room. But sometimes what you're not realizing, it might be structural. There may be a post there, or even if the post is there, it's going to a footing in the basement. So remember the structure starts in the basement and carries through the main floor and the upper floor. Now, if you start removing posts, whether it's in the basement or the main floor, you're going to have an impact somewhere. And you know when you walk up to the second floor, you're gonna feel this sort of slope in the flooring or a dip in a certain area. And you think, oh, what's going on over here? Um, um, so, you know, getting a permit is very important. Yes, it's costly. Yes, you have to do it right. You have to get a contractor. But at the end of the day, it's preserving your value. Once again, all these points that I'm talking about are to preserve your value. Um, a deck, for example, if you're building a deck in your in your backyard, if it's more than two feet off the ground, you have to have a permit. These things are going to come up at a home inspection. And if you haven't done it ahead of time, now the home inspector is going to come over and say, guess what? Take this deck down. You didn't have a permit. I need to see the footings. Where's the concrete? Where's the, where's the design? Where's the drawing? So these are all things that, again, you've got to make sure that you followed some of the protocols. Okay, you know, you want to change a tap or you want to change certain fixtures. Yeah, you don't need a permit for that. Or technically anything you do, electrical or plumbing, you're supposed to get a permit. But there are exceptions to that. I guess people will go ahead and do things without a permit or not have, uh, or at least get a professional to do it. So they feel secure that a plumber did the work or an electrician did the work. 
but a permit is supposed to be taken out on almost any renovation you do in your home, but especially if you're going to do something as major as removing walls and that type of thing, make sure you get a permit. And it occurred to me, the temptation to uh, Photoshop your photos might creep in there, but I would imagine that's a really bad idea. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't recommend photoshopping. I think a, a, a true likeness of what your home has, I mean, highlight the, the positive aspects of it, but don't photoshop, don't, don't have the grass painted in green and, 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 and the interior wall colors change and that type of thing. Because when the buyer walks in, they have this certain expectation. And if they walk in and are instantly disappointed, you've lost them at the front door. So it's important that if anything, downplay it, but don't Photoshop it and make it better than it is only to disappoint someone when they arrive. Absolutely. So what is uh, the next thing on the list that people online just don't like? So, and, and, and all of this is going to be related to, to photographs because it's online. It's all going to be how the paper, how the photographs appear and how the digital ad runs on that listing. So uh, dirty walls, you know, you're, with, with photography as good as it is now, um, it picks up all the dirty walls, the, the dirty baseboards, the dusty baseboards. So, you know, going through the home and addressing those items is very important. And it kind of goes into almost what we talked about when you're visually uh, or physically seeing a home um, it's kind of the same thing, but this is for pictures. You've got to go one step further. You've got these, the ability to zoom in on these pictures and see those corners and see where all the mold is and the dirt is and the dust is. So address it. Don't assume that, Hey, because it's photographs, I can worry about cleaning it later, get it done ahead of time. Absolutely. So, uh, we've gone through three of them. What's, what's number four, lack of light. So again, your first impression is going to be uh, what you see in a living room. Is that living room bright? Is that kitchen bright? Uh, is there enough light coming into that room? So get rid of those heavy draperies and that type of thing. Um, ensure that the blinds are uh, in a way that they're bringing in the light and not blocking the light, especially for the photographs, if there's an option. And again, with photography today, you know, you can almost shoot into the window and still get a nice picture. Uh, and it can be digitally enhanced, not Photoshop, but enhanced to make sure that the room is bright. Well, along that line, then, is there a, a certain time of day that is better than others to to take those kind of photographs? Is morning light better than afternoon or or does it really just, you know, do it whenever is the best time for you? You know, I, I often go back and forth on that because there are certain times uh, uh, my daughter likes to call it glow hour when she's taking selfies. Uh, but there, there are certain times of day when uh, the, the lights coming in from a certain window that just makes that home filled with light. So the homeowner should uh, participate in the decision as to what time a photographer should show up and when they feel their home is at its best light. And I think that's the best way to judge it. And do you recommend having a professional photographer do it or is it okay to take your iPhone and do it yourself? No, I absolutely recommend getting a professional. If you're presenting something digitally, then present it in its 
absolute best format, which is through these high definition cameras, 3D virtual tours, uh, floor plans, interactive videos, measuring tools on the pictures, so that it's a one stop and it will eliminate that buyer from swiping left. All right. Well, what is a let's move on then and find out what number five is what what's the fifth thing that can have people just clicking past your listing. So this is you know, and, and this is a touchy subject, to be honest with you, uh, because even in person, I have difficulty addressing this with a seller often, uh, because you don't want to offend someone, but religious items. Um, there are different cultures and different uh, people, and they may or may, may get turned off. Uh, some people may feel comfortable when they see a religious item that resonates with them. But sometimes somebody will say, well, I'm not too comfortable because this home has these religious items. Um, and, it, and it could be even items that are not feng shui. Uh, it can be anything like that. So if you're going to take pictures and you really don't want to remove the religious items, I would say try to avoid including those religious items in the pictures so that you don't turn somebody off before they've even entered your home. Absolutely. Uh, the next thing, I guess we're up to number six now. Yes. So theme rooms. Um, if you've got a room that you've turned into a theme room, if you're a, if you're a hunter and you've got all kinds of artifacts, hunting artifacts and, and um, things of that nature or animals in that room, uh, I would recommend keeping those out of the picture or at least, look, you're moving anyways, why don't you pack it up ahead of time and get it out of the house and paint the walls so that that room isn't a theme room that is going to turn someone off. Right. Architecturally, though, if the entire room has been themed, like if you, I don't know, <laughs> recreated a Las Vegas casino in your basement or something, that's going to be hard to hide. You might want to clean it up a little bit, but are there any tips for, uh, like, should we completely redo a room like that before we put the home up for sale? If, if it could offend someone, I would say yes. If it's, you know what, if, it, if it's a child's room and it's pink and it's got butterflies, I don't think that's necessary. Uh, I mean, it's a theme, but it's not an offensive theme. So I think you have to make a judgment call on that. And again, I go back to the point where uh, if it's something that uh, is going to offend someone and you're moving anyways and you know you're moving, why not pack those items up ahead of time, get the benefit of showability of that, not having someone turned off as a result of it. And again, maximize your return. Absolutely. I guess we're up to uh, the seventh thing that might have people going, oh, no, next listing, next listing. What is that? So outdated countertops. Now I'm not suggesting by any means that you go and buy granite and, and or a hard surface like that. But if you've got a, you know, the, the white, a uh, countertop with sunflowers embedded in it from the 70s, maybe it's time to just upgrade to a uh, melamine type of uh, countertop, which is not granite, it's not very expensive, but at least it's a little bit more current than what you've got, because that again can be the one trigger right there saying, well, I got to now go and spend $8,000 on a new granite countertop, because that's where the mind of the buyer goes is I've got to have a granite countertop, but if they see something that isn't very offensive, that it's still somewhat current, then it's one of those things that they say, well, I love the rest of the house. I love all the other pictures. So I can live with this for now until I can save up and put that in later on. 
Mm -hmm. I've known people who've just gone the extra mile. They've like, well, because I have this horrible countertop, let's do a whole kitchen renovation before we sell the home. It'll, it'll get us so much more money. Is that a real thing or should we really just be sticking with the happy medium of updating the countertop? Well, I mean, sometimes it could be, uh, let's say you had a kitchen cabinet that was just, you know, from the 70s or 80s, maybe just painting them, resurfacing it, just changing the doors out, not necessarily changing the entire kitchen is necessary. So putting some makeup on it can often do the trick. Uh, it's certainly going to make it more photogenic. And once somebody comes in, they'll evaluate whether or not they need to do it. But I've also seen people go out and put brand new countertops. And then three days after the closing date, I've seen that countertop at the curb because it wasn't what the buyer would have chosen. So again, you've got to look at your return on your investment. Is that countertop $8,000? Is that new kitchen top, uh, kitchen $20,000 going to come back to you? And if you're just spending it to get a return on it, I don't think that that's a wise move. And this is again, another reason to have a realtor come in and just give some advice to you and say, yeah, you know, we can live with this or provide some contacts that can come in and resurface things and provide some options to you before you go out and spend $30,000 in your kitchen. Okay. I think, I think we're up to number eight now, if I'm keeping track properly. What, what is the eighth thing that might have you turned off by someone's online listing? So bizarre paint. When, you, when, when you're looking at a listing and you see orange and green and yellow and red and blue and every color of the rainbow is on the walls, that can be a turnoff. Um, it goes back to giving somebody just a nice clean canvas to start from something blank that they can work from, whether it's white or gray or beige, as long as it's neutral and it's something that they can start with. But when they see something that's just bizarre, all these colors and that, it can be a turnoff. And one can say, well, you know, it's just too much work. I just don't want to take that kind of a project on. Uh, and I'm just going to swipe left again and get out of this listing because I'm not interested in doing all of that. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, uh, I, I know that I have seen some listings online with with really creative wallpaper as well. That's just, uh, it's been like, oh dear, no, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not, I wouldn't deal with that. So I can understand. Well, uh, you, you just gave me number nine, wallpaper. <laughs> that's perfect. I, okay, cool. So number nine <laughs> is wallpaper. Well, well, yeah. So bizarre paint, probably the number one turn off wallpaper and wood paneling. That's our number nine. And uh, again, it, it dates the home. It takes you back to an era uh, that maybe, you know, it was the home that you grew up in or your parents' home or whatever it is. And, and, and a buyer coming to the market today saying, I don't want that. Today's buyer wants instant gratification. They want turnkey. They don't want to have to undo a bunch of someone else's mess. So and taking wallpaper off, depending on how that wallpaper was applied, we don't know if that's going to be easier or difficult to remove. So limiting the chores that a, a prospective buyer has to, to put into a home is very important. So wallpaper and paneling, again, if you can strip it, take it off, neutralize it somehow. Um, if you can't get the, uh, some of the paneling doesn't have drywall behind it. It's right to the studs. Well, at the very least have it painted a neutral color. So it's not wood grain right throughout the house. 
Okay, really good advice there. We don't want people taking a trip back to the 70s when they view your home. Uh, and then finally, I guess we're, we're up to number 10. What is the 10th thing people should keep in mind that might turn off a, a potential buyer? So curb appeal, messy exteriors. If you've got to walk through a rainforest to get to the front door, that's a problem. You know, you want, if you've got an interlock driveway, interlock walkway, de-weeded, get all that moss and weeds and everything out of there. Uh, if there's steps that are loose, fix them. So again, when you're looking at a visual digital picture, um, you've got to be able to show those elements and show that they're nice and clean and accessible. So exterior is very important. Uh, weeding, cutting the grass, bushes, shrubs, uh, trim those trees back, just make it very appealing and away from the foundation so that people can see what's out there. Okay, we've given a lot of people, a lot of, a lot of things for people to think about, but I assume this is something you go through with every seller you deal with, you, you go through this and itemized list when you meet them. Absolutely, I have a checklist that uh, we walk through. And as I'm walking through the home, I'm pointing out certain things. And you know, it's very important for your realtor to be honest with you and tell you, because if they're not honest with you, the buyer is gonna be very honest with the, with the seller saying, this is the reason I didn't wanna buy your house. So you might as well address those items right up front and deal with them and again, maximize your return. Today on the show, we've been talking about some top 10s, the top 10 things not to do when showing your home online and in person. But of course, there's also a list of must, must do's, things we really should be doing, especially since we've all been affected by the pandemic and that has changed what, what our normal is. So Faisal, what is the new normal when, when showing a home and what are the things we absolutely have to do? Well, this, the first step is if you decide to sell your home and use a realtor to sell your home, find an agent who understands the new normal, who has the protocols in place, who understands the market and understands how to present a home in a market such as this, and also to preserve your wealth. So not to... Uh, be off on the timing of presenting your home to the market. Someone who's got a solid track record, someone, and, and I suggest you follow that person maybe three to six months before you choose an agent, if you're starting to think about it, to see, okay, what are they doing on their social media? How are they presenting homes in this new normal? What are the procedures that they're following? So finding an agent who gets it, who understands the market and understands the way and how to market in these times is very important. So that would be my number one thing to look for and what to do is follow the, the agent that you're going to potentially be choosing to sell your home. Okay. Uh, number two is market timing. So make sure you're presenting your home on the market at the appropriate time. So if you've got a home um, that is ready to list right now, but we're dealing with a potential shutdown, well, that's probably not a great time to put the home on the market. You better to pull it off the market at that time because that's not going to give you an audience for it. And ultimately you're going to get a lower return. So timing is very important assess the timing. If, are you in a family neighborhood? If you're in a family neighborhood, you want to ensure that you're timing it when kids are 
ending school, but not during the midterm of their school year, because that's not going to create an audience for that home. If you're in a home that caters to seniors um, or adult lifestyle, then you can be off season and still have an audience for that home. So that is, again, timing is very important. And, you know, that kind of blends into my number three, which is homes in season, which is, again, picking the season in which a your home looks the best. So if you've got a swimming pool, don't put it on the market in the winter because that season is not going to cater to that buyer and give you the return of that swimming pool that you've spent $150,000 installing. Um, and again, that, so, so that would be our number three is making sure that you've got it in the season that's going to be the most effective cottage country type of homes should be marketed outside of the winter months. Um, and, and, and ensuring again that they are visually appealing at those times on the market. Um, okay. When you're presenting a home um, to the market, online is what is now happening and, the, and, and goes back into what to do when we're digitally marketing a home. But your realtor must have the technology in place today to a reach the right audience, how to reach that right audience, and how to provide an online tour effectively. Because many people, let's face it, are apprehensive about visiting, you know, several homes and coming into contact with that. So today's market has gone so much online. Look, we get our news through social media, fake or not, we get it through social media. People are not necessarily uh, sitting in front of a television waiting for the morning news to tell them what's happening today. Um, but this is where people are turning to. So your online presence has to be very, very strong. Your agent has to have the ability to get in front of the social media platforms. So whether it's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, Google, sponsored ads, catering to the demographic, to the income level, to the uh, ethnicity, to whatever the needs are um, of that buyer, these are items that a, that a social media firm can identify as the right audience for that listing. And your realtor needs to be able to hone in on that specific audience for the home. Um, lastly, our number five, and probably the most important thing is, when you've now seen the home that you want digitally and you've, you've assessed it and you've said, okay, this is where I want to visit, the realtor has to have the proper procedures in place. So COVID forms need to be signed. Have you been in contact with anyone with COVID? Have you been away from the country for 14 days? All of the questions that you're asked by your doctor or your healthcare provider, um, or many of the questions that you're asked when you go into any service environment uh, must be asked of the buyer, the seller of the agent, because you're exposing somebody to the home. Proper PPE must be provided if it's not already in the home. Uh, antibacterial wipes, disinfectants, um, gloves if necessary, masks. So make sure that there is a kit available uh, to provide to a prospective buyer and make sure that anyone who's visiting the home is fully equipped. And if they're not, then make it available to them. So providing all the tools that are necessary beyond just you know listing tools, we have to have the PPE available to anyone that is 
going on the market today and the safety protocols have to be in place. And at the end of the day, we are responsible for making sure that our sellers and buyers are both safe at that viewing. I'm really glad that you you touched on that because demand for homes has been so high. Some people have only been taking a virtual tour before putting in an offer, but you still feel it's very, it's vitally important to, to go and see that home in person. Yeah, and, and that's, again, it may be the last step, but it's, it's, it's the largest investment you're going to make. It's so important because the energy of the home, the feel you have, it's a subjective decision. It's an emotional decision. It can't be done on paper. It cannot be done digitally. There has to be a, an actual physical viewing. And when you're having that physical viewing, limit the number of people that are going in there. Limit the exposure so that you're, you know, you're, you're keeping safe and helping others stay safe as well. All right. Uh, as usual, the show has gone by very quickly, but we want we, we saved a couple of minutes because uh, you might not know we record these shows on video so that Faisal can uh, run them on his website. So if you were happening to watch the show today on Faisal's website, uh, you can already see his, his smiling face, but I think we need to see a picture of the book. I oh. know that you've got a you have a copy of the book there, the, the real deal, billion dollar real estate broker. Here's my uh, shameless plug here of my book. <laughs> here we are. It's called The Real Deal. So uh, again, you can find that book uh, on Amazon. It's a, it's a big seller on Amazon. You can also go to uh, the website, which is therealdeal.ca. Is that correct? Uh, therealdealbook.ca. Book.ca. Okay. And again, it's been selling really well. And, uh, you know, that's, that's why... Uh, Faisal is the expert we're talking to today. So thank you so much for being on the show again. And we look forward to the next time. My pleasure. Thank you for having me, David. If you'd like to get in touch with Faisal and his, uh, his folks, all you have to do is call 519-624-5555. In uh, the physical world, you're going to find them at 1400 Bishop Street North in Cambridge. And of course, as we've said throughout the show, you can get lots of great information online at his website. Very easy to remember. It's homeshack.com. Thanks so much for listening and joining us again for another edition of Ask the Experts. We hope you'll be back with us again next Saturday at noon right here on 570 News.